Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christiana. Across from me, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing very well today. We got three games to go over. We got We got hot takes from media members. We got... Actual results of games being overshadowed by managerial decisions that have reflected the way baseball has evolved over the last 15 years and why that's a bigger story than a team winning a game in which the manager made a decision that would be considered controversial five years ago. (laughs) Yeah, we got great things to talk about today. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, it is. uh, Actually, you know what just popped in my head that that hasn't been in my head for a while is uh, Anibal Sanchez game one of 2013 yep. ALCS. Yep. I have no idea why that didn't <laughs> pop up in my head before, but it just popped in my head because I think I think he had like 120 pitches though when he came out of that game. It was crazy. <laughs> he had six walks. Yeah, it was like a very unimpressive no hit bid. But anyway, yes, uh, baseball happened again it for did. the second straight episode or for the hundred. Or, eh, you know. There was a lot of there's 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 been a lot of part of the show where baseball did not happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to uh, 2020. Um, Shout out to the, I mean, how 2020 was that? How 2020 <laughs> was that exactly? Um, baseball did happen again, and uh, baseball will happen again after this. Uh, in the ne- we'll talk for sure. About, we'll talk about more baseball after we'll, this episode. Yeah, we'll in, talk about some upcoming baseball for the last time. Yeah, guaranteed last time. Unless there's unless there's like unless we preview some Arizona Fall League games, yeah. If they if they they want to update those stats, that'd be nice. I was about to say they did yesterday. I, I checked yesterday. I was about to say unless there's a bunch of rainouts, but that's not even possible. In Arizona, yeah. But uh, or no. Oh no, yeah, yeah, in Houston. In yeah, Houston. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I guess uh, I guess we'll just start out with, uh, game three. Uh, we were we were watching it at a party, which was fun. Yes. It was a good time. Yes. <laughs> We were uh, dressed up. I was Scooby Doo. Daniel was in the TC Tugger shirt uh, from the show, from the Netflix show. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. With Tim Robinson. So we were dressed up, watching baseball on Daniel's laptop, and um, you can go ahead if you want. Um, we were yeah, dressed up, watching uh, watching the game on Daniel's laptop. It was a good time. Um, there was not much happening. In the game, uh, I'm trying to remember how the first run scored actually, because it, it was on. Uh, it was yeah, first inning, right? Yes. No, no, it was like third inning. Okay, I got I got my facts wrong. I should I should have these things uh, <laughs> pulled up. It was an Austin Riley single in the third inning. <laughs> I was I had to move. Uh, we have some behind the scenes stuff going on today. I had to to work with that. Yep, we got you know. We're contributing to our uh, Springfield College major here. Uh, yep. 
which a lot of people aren't doing. But <laughs> I want to like one day, not today, obviously, but I want to talk about like Arizona Fall League tendencies. Yeah, we because got... my God, they are insane. They truly are. You've showed them to me. It's, yeah. Uh, it goes back to that tweet, looking at the data and simply laughing. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess I was misremembering Game Three. It was a shutout through the first for the first two and a half innings. Uh, then Luis Garcia had had to see the top of the lineup again. Uh, he walked Eddie Rosario, allowed a single to Freddie Freeman, and then it was first and second for Ozzy Albies, and there was uh, a strikeout there, first and second, and one out. Austin Riley hits a double. He c- comes through once again and uh, drives in a run. And it's second and third, one out. Maybe the Braves can get a rally going. They don't, and it's only one nothing after the bottom of the third. Um, but the story of the night was, for multiple reasons, Ian Anderson. Yes, you that's get into my him? guy. Ian Anderson uh, from Shenandoah High School. He, he played baseball with Kevin Herter. I really hope that becomes, like, the next, like, <laughs> Kershaw and Matt Stafford. I really, I really hope it does. Because it was referenced on the broadcast. Um... He goes out there, throws five no-hit innings with three walks. So I mean, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like complete domination. He wasn't, you know, he had some trouble finding the zone, mostly in the first inning because he had two walks in the first. Um, but he had 76 pitches through five innings. So what did Brian Snicker do? He guy did what any manager would do: got Minter up and moving. Yes, he did. AJ Minter pitched the sixth. Luke Jackson pitched the seventh. Tyler Matzik pitched the eighth, and Will Smith pitched the ninth. Obviously, there was a lot of controversy surrounding um, pulling Ian Anderson with a no-hitter after five innings. Just, just click uh, stop recording. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that, um, like, I know that there was a lot of people upset. And it made zero sense because, like I mentioned, Ian Anderson had three walks in five innings. He had 76 pitches through five. He was never going to finish off that no-hitter. Like, it just wasn't happening no matter what. So it makes sense to put in Minter and you know put in the guy where you actually have a better chance of going away with the win, and that made a lot of people upset. Um, yeah, it did make a lot of people upset, um, but not for not for the right reasons, at least in our minds. No. Uh, you know, like you 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 play to win the game, as uh, to make a football reference, as the great Herm Edwards would say, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, you can't be worried about the romantic side of things, especially when I would imagine, you know, probably like uh, time through the order stats maybe played a factor as uh, Ian Anderson after the fifth. Yeah, he was he, he got uh, Marwin Gonzalez was his last out. That was the bottom of the order. So uh, that was he was going to face the lineup for the third time. I imagine uh, actually we can see it for real and see like what his third time through the order stats were as I feel like that's been a, a well Ian Anderson's stats are like mo- it's probably worse first time through the order because his first inning stats are like particularly bad like it doesn't really matter what percentage like what time through the order it was I don't think that's what the the uh, decision came down to I think it was literally just who cares about the no hitter like we're like would you rather have sixth inning AJ Minter or sixth inning Ian Anderson right exactly um, and we, anyone watching the game knew he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't Roy Halladay. Yeah. And not only, yeah. And like, not only that, but it was the first, it was a one run game. 
Like yeah. all Ian Anderson had to do was mislocation on one changeup, and that changed the entire changes the entire course of the game. Like right. you're not like you're not thinking long term. You're thinking batter for batter. Who do you want? And your relievers are the correct answer there. Yeah. Um. Actually, yeah, it is uh funny. He his highest OPS against is uh, first plate appearance in in the game. First like got first time through the order. Yeah. Uh. And yeah, he has a very interesting um time through weird. the order thing. He has it's seven seventy two first time, five twenty second time, seven sixty four. Yeah. The third time. Yep. So, so he was going to face the lineup again. Uh, he faced, yeah, like the literally Jose Altuve was due up in that sixth inning, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, as I was saying, yeah, his last out was uh, Marwin Gonzalez. Yeah. And uh, that was he was pinch hitting for the pitcher spot. So that was the ninth hitter. Um, it wasn't a great key night, so it was the ninth hitter. Yeah. And uh, and it ended, <laughs> it ended up working out. And uh, we can't complain at all about that. It's not even like a Blake Snell situation where we could have been like, well, it bit him in the end. Nope. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it actually worked out exactly how Brian Snicker wanted it to yeah, work it did. out. It, yeah. See, this is this is when they don't bring up like... Exactly. Like, they, if, if the Rays did that, nobody talks about bringing, taking Blake Snell out of that game. Yeah. If Nick Anderson buckled down, didn't throw a wild pitch... And we know that because Kevin Cash did that multiple times in the last playoffs, and it worked, and no one yeah. cared. <laughs> he didn't. Get, he literally did it with. I'm pretty sure he did it with Blake Snell throwing a no hitter. Yeah, he did. He did it with Blake Snell in AL in the wild card series. In the wild card series, it was no. He gave up his first hit in like the sixth inning, and he was, and that was it. Yeah, and then, uh, and then, yeah, he did the same thing with Charlie Morton in Game Seven of the ALCS. Yep, and it worked. It worked. So yeah, people only get outraged. During the times it doesn't work, which is outnumbered by the times it does work. That's true. Otherwise, it wouldn't be happening. Um, so yeah, Ian Anderson. And yeah, like we were saying, like Ian Anderson, he he looked good, but he didn't look super dominant, as you can see, like yeah. peripherally. You know, four strikeouts, three walks. It's like, well, this probably isn't gonna. This no hitter probably isn't gonna happen. Also, he's throwing over 15 pitches per inning, so that puts him on a pace of. Around like 140 pitches if we were to finish this thing. <laughs> yeah, like, geez. no, in a one-run game. Just like let's stop this. Like now. if it was if it's six nothing, then yeah, I'd say maybe you bring him out for the sixth. But it was one nothing. Like you're trying to win that game. That that's a game where whoever wins goes up two to one in the series. That's enormous. Yeah. Yeah. It like it's a cru yeah it's a crucial game. Yeah. And uh, Snicker did the right thing. Um, and Snick- yeah, just but the amount of headlines after the game about like this is a problem. Like Ken Rosenthal had a column where he was like, "I'm j- I'm gonna find it." Yeah, it was. Um, the headline was, or his tweet was, "It's not a question of whether Brian Snitker made the right call. He did, based on the way the game has evolved. The question is how to bring back starting pitching to improve the game's entertainment quality. That is the real issue." So, I mean, Ken Rosenthal isn't even hiding it. He cares more about entertainment value than winning. Yeah, and I mean, like. And we've talked about we've you know we've talked about uh, whatever ratings they've been going up as yep. the game has evolved into this yep. analytics thing where people are saying it's getting more boring. So I don't know I, I like I don't even know what to say to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it clearly I, I don't know if people are watching this particular World Series with intent, but they've been watching the playoffs at a higher rate than they were in the past few years i'm pretty sure yep according to some statistics i don't know rating statistics are weird they are very weird but 
whatever. I mean, there was a million different headlines about how this was a problem. Um, if you want, like, I mean, I'm going to say this a million times until it eventually happens. Put a pitch clock in there. It'll like that's the that's the only legit way that pace of play can be improved unless you can you consider less commercials, which we don't have any control over. Yeah, it would and, be like, interesting. The players' association doesn't either. It would be interesting to see a pitch clock with yeah. runners on base. I feel like that's the that that would be the yep. the the thing that would really lock it in. But I understand there's a conflict there because pitchers need to you know pitchers need to uh, change the timing of the base runner. So I understand how yeah. you know we've been doing this 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 way for over 150 years. So it might change that a little bit. It would be interesting to so see it like uh like a play clock in football though like he's got two seconds to either throw it over to first or pitch what is he gonna do yeah that would be interesting and just have it like on the screen that would be pretty interesting um but yeah uh and yeah pace of play has been odd we'll, we'll get into it later with yeah, like game four God. i mean game four was very odd um three to two and it was like a three hour 40 minute game yep it was tough. I mean, at least it was a good three out. It was a good three to two. Yeah, it was. It was close to not being a very entertaining game. Yeah. Uh, so I guess yeah. Game game three, Snicker does the does the right thing. Snicker's been pushing the right buttons pretty much all playoffs, which is um, I I saw him as more of a. I didn't see him as a great manager like before this year, but I, I'm I'm gaining more respect as these playoffs go on. Um. So. I guess yeah, we go into game four now, and uh, it's the Dylan Lee game. <laughs> Do you want to get into Dylan Lee's? Yeah, my performance? God. Uh, what was it? Walk, strikeout, walk. He, he, no, it was it was single. It was si- infield single, walk, strikeout, walk, and that was it. Yeah, I I missed the entire outing because I was no. like washing dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll, well, I'll get to the rest of this game. Yeah, check, checkmate pace of play. I was washing <laughs> dishes, and I missed an entire pitcher's outing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, – It's it was interesting to see <laughs> Dylan Lee yeah. out there. We were also at a party for this game, one that we were hosting. Yeah, we were hosting it. I was not dressed up. Yeah. I, I was, you know – I changed it to a Barry Bonds jersey midway through the game. Yeah, I uh, – that – I was like, I was very out of the party, very yeah. much, way That's out fine. of, the, That's way fine. more out of the party than I was on Friday night. Um, yeah. But you know, I was just, I was just, you know, kind of chill and saying hi to people. I think mm-hmm. you were doing mostly the same. Um, mostly, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Kyle. So it's uh, Dylan Lee, and then Kyle Wright comes in, and he actually does a decent job. He I, did a great job. Kyle Wright deserves an enormous amount of praise for what he did. Yeah, he had, uh, because I think a lot of people remember Kyle Wright just for that one start in 2020. It yeah. was game three of the NLCS. And, I mean, my God, he absolutely turned it around and had an enormous outing in game four. Yeah, he. Um, one thing I looked at, he had 16 batted balls against and nine were ground balls, so that's a very good rate. That's an that's more than half. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, um, I think it's like 56% if I... If I remember correctly. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good rate to have. He kept it on the ground. Uh, just one hiccup w- with uh, Jose Altuve. Um, and I think was that he, him? Yeah, it was. I think he 
Uh, I think he did very well yeah. with runners in scoring position. I should oh, he absolutely did. Well, the Astros went 0 for 9, I believe, with the runners in scoring position. 0 for 8. And I should take a look to see uh, how many of those plate appearances happened with Kyle Wright on the mound because he did give up some base runners, but he was able to hold them back, not allow them to uh, to come in. So, yeah, Kyle Wright, he came in, uh, he came in with – the base is loaded, and Carlos Correa up. He got a ground out that scored a run. So the one run of the inning. So in the first inning, they were 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position. Then in the top of the second, they were also 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position, so 0 for 4 on the day. Then uh, top of the third, we have runners in scoring we have first and second one out and 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position and top four no one was in scoring position top five uh we got another yeah they were 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position against kyle wright 0 for 7 wow (laughs) so kyle wright he he bucked up and and uh and Got it together with runners in scoring position, which was pretty huge. He did. I mean, that was that's a lot of people are going to look at the two home runs, and they should. But you don't win that game without Kyle Wright's performance. No. I would love to see what what was his WPA for the game. Um, it was one point one two six. Like the way the game started, and how quickly Kyle Wright had to come in, and how Zach Granke was doing. No way the Braves should have yeah, won that game. Zach Granke went four shutout innings. Yeah. But because of Kyle Wright, he put he put the team in a position to win. And isn't that what it's all about? Putting yeah. your team in a position to win. <laughs> I mean, we don't talk about that enough. No, we don't. Yeah, I mean, he gave up his hits per nine for that star was above nine. But uh, you know what? doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, 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 he, he average gave up, against. He gave up eight, eight base runners in four and two-thirds innings. And you know what? He got out of it. He buckled down. That's been the thing about the Braves this series. Like, they have gotten the outs that they needed. Um, yeah, that is, that's very true. Uh, example 1A, uh, Tyler Motsek. Literally Tyler Motsek. <laughs> like they've put, they've gotten themselves in plenty of trouble before, but they've come out unscathed so many times. And that's literally been the difference between, um, playing right now and being at home, whether that be against the Brewers, Dodgers or Astros. Exactly. Exactly. So Kyle Wright gets through the fifth inning unscathed altogether, uh, the run, or, yeah, I mean, I guess he, yeah, he allowed one run, which is just uh, very impressive. And then uh, bottom of the sixth, we start to see some action from the Braves lineup. Uh, Orlando Arcia lines out, then Eddie Rosario doubles, um, then Freddie Freeman walks, Phil Mata, Matone comes in, and uh, he strikes out Ozzy Albies, but Austin Riley gets a RBI single to bring it within one. But the uh, Martin gets out of that one. I can't help but laugh at how many times Martin has been called <laughs> upon this postseason. My yeah. God, every single time. Yeah, his arm is gonna fall off. He literally, he's getting Brandon Morrowed. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. So the Astros have played in. Let's see, four plus six plus. So they've played in fifteen games this postseason. Uh, Martin has pitched in ten of them. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, I'm guessing nine, is a free ten, agent 11, after this year. 11 of them. 
11 of them. No, he's not. Oh. He's a free agent after 2023. Yeah, he's pitched in 11 of the 15 postseason games. He appeared in three of the four games against the White Sox. He appeared in four of the six games against the Red Sox, and he's appeared in four of the five games against the Braves. Yeah, they should just next year. They should just have him in extended for and he's spring doing, training. Yeah, and he's doing great. Like he has a he's an 0.82 ERA out of the bullpen this playoffs with a 2.81 FIP. That's true. Yeah, he's been like, and that's be, and that's just because he doesn't have a lot of strikeouts. Like he hasn't been he hasn't been bad at all. No, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just given up a run. He's given up a run in only one outing. And it was an inning in the third in a in a twelve to three game. Like who cares? Right, right. Yeah, yeah he's but, given up one run in fourteen in the third innings pitch. There's a reason they keep calling upon him, but it's just my God. Like, <laughs> like if it's uh if if we were to play like World Series Bingo, you just anytime yeah, any free space, Phil Modden is warming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the sixth inning, and you got number. Uh, <laughs> His, his numbers in like 88 eight, 88 you got yeah. number 88 tall righty out there warming up <laughs> yeah six two right hander uh <laughs> yeah what's he what's he what's the pitch mix um yeah it's been funny for sure yeah and that was that was a mid-season acquisition for them too yeah did like, you that's s- like that's someone they've had for two months and they're like this is our guy every single time by the way, there was this cool tweet. I forget who had it, but um, Miles Straw. Miles Straw yeah. was at the at the uh, Braves game in a Michael Brantley jersey. Miles Straw, by the way, for context, um, was, I probably I think I had to be explained this <laughs> also was, was traded for Phil Martin. Was traded for Phil Martin. Yeah, and he was in uh, Cleveland uh, for the remainder of the year. So I mean, uh, you know, he's got to root for the Astros. He's getting that ring if he does. If if they do win it, um, but anyway, back to Game Four. It was looking like, you know, this might be a we, we might be split here. Uh we might have a 2-2 series here. But uh the Braves offense had something to say about that as Dansby Swanson with one out in the bottom of the 7th against Christian Javier hit a nice opposite field home run over the right field fence. And then after Swanson, Jorge Soler pinch hits for the pitcher spot, and he gets a home run. And it's 3-2. to two. And it's like, oh, wow. And then after that, uh, immediately responding is Aledmus Diaz, who hits a nice line drive uh, seemingly over Eddie Rosario's head. But Rosario makes the catch against the wall. And uh, all the momentum seemed to be going the Braves' way. And that's how it ended up going. And uh, the Braves' bullpen, as they have been the entire series, just shutting things down. Uh, Luke Jackson ended up going 1-2-3, partially thanks to uh, Rosario's defense, which y- you rarely credit Rosario's defense. Very but rarely, unless he's throwing the ball. Unless he's throwing the ball. And uh, then Will Smith, 1-2-3 inning, and the Braves win. And they're one, one, one win away from, the World Seri- from winning the World Series. Um, so what were, what were some of your takeaways from game four? My takeaways from game four is that, I mean, Kyle Wright buckled down. It was that Phil Modden is going to need arm surgery. (laughs) Um, and it was that the Braves, like they, they came through when they needed to. I mean, everything like the over nine or over eight against with the runners in scoring position, the two big home runs. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So then, uh, 
game five happens, uh, you know, we're heading into it being like, this could be the last game of the year. Could be, could very well be here on this Sunday night. And the, uh, and, uh, in the first inning, we see a grand slam from the Braves and it's like, (laughs) all right, it's definitely going to be the last night. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, let me just enjoy this last night of baseball. It's like, yeah, I don't care. And by the sixth inning. And by the sixth inning, um, we were my our housemates and I were playing leather skin leather in our <laughs> room while watching it. Yeah, that was a long game. Uh, <laughs> so we we had to have our own activities in uh in our in our house there. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it there was the grand slam, and then it kind of all went downhill from with the Braves from there. As you know, I, I think what we forgot about after that grand slam was like. Yeah, the Braves still got a they've got still got an interesting pitching situation. They've had all their relievers go the past two nights. You got Tucker Davidson out there. You don't know what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Uh he ended up allowing four runs. Only two of them are in though. Yeah, cuz Dansby made an error. Yeah, and uh I think all the runs scored after the second out, which means that's all unearned. Yeah. Um and uh he had three walks, one strikeout, two hits allowed. You know, not much that you're expecting there. Jesse Chavez actually went uh, an inning and two-thirds, no runs allowed. But Minter, surprisingly, uh, ended up allowing three runs. Uh, that was after two walks and three hits. Got babbipped a little bit, but, you know, he allowed three runs. Uh, and, yeah, I, I guess the Astros, the Astros came through when they needed to. They did. Yeah, I mean, they went... Uh, I think five for fourteen with runners in scoring position that game. Uh, um, yeah, five five for fifteen. Five for fifteen. Okay, I mean, listen, you have fifteen plate appearances in a game with runners in scoring position. You're probably gonna come through most of those times. I mean, you re- how rarely do you see? How often do you see like one for fifteen? Yeah, that's no, that, that doesn't that's, really that's happen. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, Astros came through when they needed to just going down the line like Carlos Correa three for five two RBI um Alex Bregman got moved down he had uh an RBI single early in the game uh and overall they were 12 for 38 and just you know a good game I I don't know I feel like there wasn't many surprises outside of maybe Framber getting tagged again um yeah that was kind of surprising to see uh, especially after we talked about how you know, he got babbipped a little bit uh, last uh, in his last start. And, uh, you know, shout out to the – also, yeah, shout out to the Astros bullpen this time. Six and a third, mm-hmm. no runs allowed. Yeah. Um. So, it, yeah, they did a tremendous six strikeouts, one walk to go with that. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if there was anything surprising to take away from game five. It was the – Braves' worst pitching situation they could have had, mm-hmm. given that this was supposed to be Charlie Morton's game. Obviously, you know, he fractured his yeah. fibula or something. It was his fibula. He fractured his fibula. So that can't happen. And I feel, you know, if the Braves won that, it would have been like, wow, they really did it. But mm-hmm. it, it was a tough it was a tough path. It absolutely was. Um, you know, obviously stuff happens. You know, Charlie Morton broke his... He broke his leg, and I mean I don't know. I don't think there really isn't much else to say that it really sucks looking back now that 
a nine-run outburst for the Astros could have been prevented by Charlie Morton being on the mound, especially at home. Yeah, in a in a potential clincher. Yeah. Uh, like, that's the guy you would have wanted out there. Mm. But the Braves will have Max Fried in Game 6 against... Uh, do we do we know exactly? No, we don't, because they lo- they used. Uh, ho- it would be lined up for Jose Urquidy, but they used him last night. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Like, do they go back to Luis Garcia on three days rest? Do they go with a bullpen game? Like I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, they kind of just did a bullpen game. I wouldn't be too surprised to see Urquidy out there looking at it. he pitched he threw fourteen pitches. And he has the day, but you know, I, from what we remember, Max Scherzer had, uh, Max Scherzer had a, uh, he had a relief appearance in Game Five of the NLDS. Um, he was unable to, and that was like under twenty pitches as well. And he didn't go out for Game One. He went out for Game Two, and eventually he couldn't go Game Six because of arm fatigue. So yeah, you never know who's who's going to be affected by what, um, but. I wouldn't be surprised if Urquidy was out there. I also wouldn't be surprised if Urquidy was not out there, I guess is my uh, yep. diagnosis. <laughs> not not too much of a hot take. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be Max Freed. We don't know what's going to happen. I feel like if he should just try to roll ground balls again. Like yeah, he did. I mean, Max Freed is kind of, you know, we were talking about him being a playoff legend. He struggled his last couple starts. Yeah, he has. He has for sure. And uh, I mean, this is this is going to be the biggest biggest start of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is a potential clincher. They're in Houston, so the odds are kind of against them if yeah. they wow. if they go to a seventh game. Max Fried gave up two runs and combined in each of his first two playoff starts. Since then, he's gone nine and two thirds innings, eleven earned runs, three walks, nine strikeouts, fifteen hits allowed, uh, a ten twenty four ERA for a five twenty four FIP. Yep. Yeah, that's not good. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, has not been has not been quite the guy we saw uh, against the Brewers and in in game two against or game one. Yeah, Something game like one. That. Game one against the uh, Dodgers. So it's uh you know I think the story of game six is like which Max Fried are we gonna see? Also like are things gonna get through the same? Like he's not gonna have that that second inning again that he had i would hope yeah i mean my god that was that was brutal the anti-analytics inning as we yep. like to call it yeah what, what was the let's go can we can we talk about i know we're previewing game six but can we talk about that one a-rod tweet uh what this this past weekend yes yeah this is yeah this is probably a new segment that you know a-rod's dumb tweets just, it's strictly a postseason thing because that's really when he. That's really the only time we yeah, see him talk is. about it. Braves, do you want to win the Battle of October 29th or do you want to win a World Series? They chose that first one with this strategy. This is Game Three, not Game Seven. A Rod, you know what your former Hall of Fame manager Joe Torre used to say? It's a race to four. You try, you try to win every game that you're that you can get. Yeah, and that's what the Braves did, and they and guess what? They won. They won the Battle of October 29th and the Battle of October 30th. And exactly. they only lost the Battle of October 31st because the guy that was on the hill for the first one was hurt. Really? Yeah, truly. That's 100% accurate. Um, if, you have, if you have Morton out there instead of Davidson, like, 
I mean, I I don't know if the Astros end up scoring five runs. Yeah, no. I don't know if they do it's that. It's hard to imagine, especially like with the Braves getting out there. Like it, it would it would have been so easy to see Charlie Morton just buckle down when there was less pressure. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you try you you try to win each game. Like, as simple as that is. Yeah. Uh, pretty tough. So that was that was the A Rod segment. Uh, for today. Well, you know, we'll probably have one next episode. Yep. Uh, as he'll he'll probably say something very uh yeah myopic yep. again absolutely <laughs> um but i guess i don't know how do we how do we see the rest of the series playing out um i mean i had braves in seven as my original prediction mm-hmm. i think i'm just gonna stick with that yeah i think i think we see a game seven i think it's i mean what it'd be anderson again versus who the hell knows uh, I mean, hey, Kevin Millar said at Game 7, anything can happen. doesn't matter who's starting. There's literally no foundational right. thing that you can say is going to happen. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. Like, it would be the second Game 7 that Ian Anderson has pitched before his age 25 season. I'm trying to think of, like, yeah, Game 7s that have happened recently. Like, uh, 2016, wow. 2016, it was Kluber versus Hendricks. Yep. And the Cubs ended up out on, on top. And then uh, – and then – like 2017, it was Darvish versus what? McCullers. Morton. No, Morton. No, it was McCullers. Yeah, it was, it was McCullers. Because Morton came in relief. Yeah. Uh, 2019, so, it was Strasburg versus – or it was uh, Sergio versus Granke. Yeah. Like two future Hall of Famers. Yeah, so – And now, who knows? Who knows? Who really who knows? Who knows? Not me. Like, both both of these pitching staffs are so decimated, and they're still just <laughs> – <laughs> Like, if you – Hey, Ken Rosenthal <laughs> – if you're wondering why starting pitching hasn't been present in this World Series... It's because they're all hurt. They're all hurt, guy. They're all hurt. I'm sorry. Yeah. Game five was supposed to be Charlie Morton versus Lance McCullers. Yes. They're both out but like, for the rest of the postseason. You can dig deeper. Verlander's out. Yeah. Soroka's out. Exactly. That's game one. That's literally game one. Like, yeah. we're talking game one, Verlander, Soroka. Game two, Morton versus McCullers. They're all out. So, guess what? We got... Framber Valdez versus the Braves bullpen in Game One. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, what do you want us to say? Not only that, but all the Braves, of their best pitchers yeah. are hurt. The Braves bullpen has been nails all postseason. Why would you? Why would you take the ball out of their hands? Exactly. Exactly. Like, like Ian Anderson. Realistically, when when we outlook the season, we probably looked at him as the four starter. Like, yeah. considering. And I'm I'm the, I'm saying this as like the leader of the Ian Anderson fan club. Yeah, it's just like that. That this was not supposed to be the rotation they had planned. They were supposed to have uh, Morton, Freed, like or, I don't know, Freed, Morton, Soroka. I don't know if order matters, but Whatever. Anderson. Yeah. And uh, and they didn't. Now they have only two of those guys, mm-hmm. and the Astros, out of you know, on their payroll, they have their two best pitchers out. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what to say, Ken, but. Uh, that's that's what I will say. Yeah. About that. Um, that's. <laughs> I guess that's the last of that. Uh, yeah. Of that. Whatever. Of that tweet that he had. Uh-huh. I just realized that. Like, yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the case. Um. So, yeah, game six and game seven, if game seven happens, should be interesting. Uh, Astros and six cannot come true, so I no, can't, can't stick with mine. 
Yeah. Uh, the Astros can't win two games in in the in Game Six, unfortunately for me. Uh, It'd be crazy if they did. That uh, they'd make history. Yeah. No doubt. It's the first team in MLB history <laughs> to win two games in a game. <laughs> How uh, about that? Yeah, I have. I have. No clue what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you could say Braves in six. You can be. You can join me. You can say Astros in seven. Yeah, I don't know. It just yeah. everything has just been so. It's been very weird. So like random. this entire series is not. I mean, it's it could go the way I expected, but not in this way. Actually, I mean, I guess I I did have the Braves winning Game Three and then stealing one of Games Four or Five, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. But just the way everything has happened has been so unexpected. Yes. Yes, like like Morton getting hurt, Anderson shoving like he did, like Urquidy in game two. Free, you know, Freed not being the guy. Mm-hmm. Even if he got babipped. Yeah, even if he got babipped. Uh, yeah, like it's so unpredictable. I'm just not gonna have a prediction. Is on is is what I'll do. That's valid. So I can't. I don't want to be wrong again. <laughs> I've been wrong too many times this season. Yep. So I'll I'll just hold off and just watch, watch as a spectator. Absolutely. Um, okay. What. I guess um I don't know should we um should we end how we were playing yeah. on ending uh, it? I mean one last thought like in every Astros World Series in recent history like they've gone to a game seven. Uh yeah. 2017, 2019, there have been game sevens. Yeah. And I think that trend continues. Yeah, that's that's a valid uh a valid thing. Yeah, like yeah, what would be their game seven match it would be garcia anderson again right i guess so yeah that's actually but like what are they doing in game six like are they going with their kitty on one day's rest right right exactly um yeah i no clue but uh it's i think the astros bringing it back to minute made made things a a whole lot more interesting it did just another um baseball thing we don't have to get too much into this but uh bob melvin Oh yeah, yeah. In the in the out in Oakland, inserted in San Diego. Yeah, Bob Melvin, he is uh yeah going away from the A's. Mm-hmm. He go, going away from like shocking news. Going this, aw- this came from out of literally nowhere. Going away from the place that has like the least offense uh, off season spending to the place with like the most off season spending at least in recent years. This uh, is exciting, yeah. Like, yeah. we've been talking about so many potential Padres managers, people that they've interviewed from Ozzy Guillen, Luis Rojas, Mike Schiltz. They've gone numerous different routes. I don't think they could have made a better hire. Um, I, like, we had no idea that Bob Melvin was even on the market. This is a grand slam of a hire for San Diego. Yeah, I would agree with that because, um, I, I, honestly, I, I wasn't really thinking about it that much until uh, you just brought it up, and I'm realizing, like, you know, Bob Melvin, we don't think of him as, like, new age, but he was – he's been, like, on the forefront of bullpenning and mm-hmm. openers and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. Um, you know, I think the Rays were the first team to get into that. The A's were probably the second team to get into yeah. that. Uh, just I, I remember 2018 was when bullpenning and openers kind of started, uh, and I just remember, like, Daniel Mengden would come yep. in, like, in the second inning. Yep. And, I mean, he led them to – he led them to some great seasons, or at least great yeah, regular. Two, two straight 97-win seasons. Yeah. And a division title the next year. Yeah, I, I think the Padres are in great hands. It's funny because I said that regardless of what the Padres do this offseason, no one's going to see this offseason as a win. 
Mm-hmm. Of course, we could have never predicted this was going to happen. Because yeah. There was no like this was there was no public knowledge that Bob Melvin was out or was or like was on the market until it was until the hiring was made official, which I believe there's a press conference today. But I mean, there is very much reason to look at the Padres in a much more positive light going into next year. Because, uh, you know, you got to consider the talent they have, and now they have a different manager, and it's it's not necessarily a knock against Jace Tingler, but, I mean, you cannot complain with having Bob Melvin as your manager. It's true, because uh, another factor as well is one thing we talked about with, like, the Padres, like, the, the forefront of their struggles was their starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Melvin has dealt with very... A shallow rotation depth before mm-hmm. and his entire time with Oakland pretty much outside of maybe when they had like Lester and Samarja yeah for that for half, half a year for like two for like one third of a year yeah um outside of that he has never dealt with great rotate rotational depth so if if the Padres starting and staff isn't all the way there Melvin's going to be able to manage around it a little better absolutely and it's not even like they didn't have the depth it was just people were hurt or underperforming yeah you have Clevenger coming back next year you have Snell you have Darvish looking to have comeback seasons like this is this is really exciting for San Diego I know that we said all that last year but this is this is different this I feel like really this is different from from last year from 2015 from all the years that the Padres underperformed yeah, there's there's very good reason to be excited in San Diego. Exactly, and I mean, I feel like this year was a still like a little fluky with how many guys underperformed for them. But, yeah, um, I mean, there's no way you could predict that team to be under 500 again. Right, um, unless unless 2020 was the fluky season. Yeah, which is there's a case there's a case of that was probably a a factor, but um, they they just looking at all the talent you're adding clevenger without even like having to sign him or anything yep uh yeah they're they're in a good spot and they've made themselves into get into a better spot hiring bob melvin uh so i guess to uh close it out as this will be i guess a, a bit of a shorter one as we only have one series to talk about yeah um some uh some terrible news came across uh the internet on sunday morning uh Jerry Remy, beloved Nesson broadcaster, also former second baseman for the Red Sox and uh, Angels and what have you, passed away at the age of 68 in his seventh battle with cancer. And uh, this one hit close to both Daniel and I as we grew up watching uh, the New England Sports Network, um, listening to Jerry Remy uh, on on the broadcast, uh, you know, especially with Don Orsillo for what truly was our childhood mm-hmm. um and eventually with Dave O'Brien who is uh who's also great and you know part of, I will say the best part of 2020 Red Sox was having uh O'Brien, Remy and Eckersley in the same yeah. booth for pretty much every game. And same thing for the 2015 Red Sox with Orsillo and Remy. I mean like it was it felt more like it felt less like a broadcast and more just like hanging out with your friends watching some baseball. Yeah. Like that is how they made 162 games a year feel. You know, it's a marathon every single year and Don and Jerry just made it seem very natural. You know, it was a different fun thing happening every night away from the field to distract us from the the last place team that we had to watch every night. Yeah. Um it was there have been so many just perfect words that have been said from several different individuals over the internet 
Um, I think, like Gary Streisky said, um, like Jerry Remy is an institution. Like everything you've heard about him is true. Mm. He's, um, you know, that's been. It's just, uh, it hurts. It really hurts. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's really tough for, especially people our age. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's that's the guy that you know. Uh, actually, going back to like, um, like what our, our sports broadcasting classes, we talked about like what announcing was to us or what broadcasting mm-hmm. was to us. It was it was Don Orsillo and Jerry Remy. That's, it was. That's what it was. Like um, it was whether it was the pizza incident, whether it was Jerry losing his tooth, Don getting him in like a new lamp, and Jerry or or no Jerry getting Don Don a new lamp and him loving it, and that was like a. You know, like it was a it was a game within a game almost. Yeah, and right. it was perfect. And they found, you know, they had found the perfect way to just find like the places to do everything. Uh, they, you know, it was a, it was always at good points in the game. Like they never distracted from a like a crucial moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you know, just uh, a a very nice individual. Always, you know, apparently he was, you know, always uh, very approachable. Um, Chris, you and I both had the fortune of meeting him. Yes. Um, yeah, he, I actually, yeah, I, I met him in, uh, 2019, mm-hmm. um, as part of a thing that me and my parents were able to do and obviously very nice to talk to. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it's really, yeah, it's really terrible to, to hear about this, but, um, you know, this was his seventh battle with cancer, and uh, you know, part of you, p- part of us, are are all glad it's it, that his battle is over. Uh, and yeah, I mean, seven seven battles with cancer. My gosh. Yeah, it, like uh, he definitely, he definitely was a was a trooper. He was a fighter to the sure. to the very end. Um, so that marks the end of the episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode if you want to follow us on social media follow me on twitter at chris underscore gianta follow daniel on both twitter and instagram at daniel underscore current and follow the show instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs and uh we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you on thursday where we are going to be talking about the world series champions and uh it's true and how how uh how they won did they win it in six did they win it in seven who who won it in seven it's gonna be cool gonna be cool to talk about so we will see you then this conversation this conversation is over is over